So hello again, and welcome to Killing the Great White Male. Today begins a new, well, I guess I have to call this shared experience, because at the end of our recording time, at the end of our call, my guest, uh, my friend TL, um, that's what he called our, our conversation. He called it a shared experience. And I have to tell you, that's what it is. That's what's so fun about these these recordings is that they're, they're not just conversations. They're not interviews. They're a shared experience where we both get to just kind of dive into something and wrestle it with it from our perspectives and with each other. And it, it's, it's amazing. I'm never the same when I'm done with the interview as I was when I started it. Um, and that's pretty pretty incredible. So thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the uh, first episode of, well, it's episode 23 for those of you keeping track at home, but the first episode of the new shared experience that I'm releasing with my friend TL on uh, Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Let's do our best Patrick Stewart and engage. TL, how are you? Good afternoon or good morning where you are. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Time zones are the worst part of this. <laughs> so how you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? Look, I'm, am I on the show? We are today? on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, like mixing between live streaming on uh, on the Monday night or the Monday afternoon thing, you know, again, depending on which time zone you're in. Um, and then this feeling of like, I'm going to record this and I'm going to chop it up into the little 20 minute segments that podcasts are supposed to be in air quotes. Um, and <laughs> it constantly is this weird, like back and forth of everything, you, you know, cause you know, I love this. This is, this is my, this is my comfort zone. I like just, I like having a, a mic in front of my face with the, with the, the headphones on and being able to just share a discussion. Yeah, yeah. Or facilitate the discussion. Yeah, it. I don't think it was two minutes into our first conversation before I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> if TL will come on the show and, and talk to me about cool shit, this is going to be amazing." So, I, I oh guess man, I'm ready. There's your introduction, folks. Um, TL uh, is a is a a friend that I met um, through Torian Richardson, who I do our Monday uh, Where's Your Heart. Um, show with and he was gracious enough to invite me to be on his podcast uh the frontline stereo podcast uh, if you haven't tuned into that yet he does a live show on thursdays that's uh, my brain wants to say 7 p.m eastern is that correct that is correct i do a live show on thursday 7 p.m eastern standard time and audio drops every friday after the live show and what platforms are you on I am now on all streaming platforms with the exception of iHeartRadio. Holy crap. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, you can find me on, I'm even on Audible. So wherever you get your streaming services at, you can definitely tune in to the Frontline Stereo Podcast. Don't forget the Stereo Podcast. Yep. And listen to myself, as I say, have couch conversation with a bunch of ex experts and professionals. I just ask the questions. <laughs> don't give me that also if you're gonna call people experts you can't ever have me on there again 
Oh yeah, you were definitely an expert. <laughs> you, it was a great show. I mean, that's still one of my highest rated shows. Well, and it, uh, I guess let's start out, or I mean, just to. I love the fact that this is radio because there's so much suspension of belief and able to just like focus in on just what's being said, but it also has a tendency to erase, you know, our identities, who we are outside of this. Um, and, and that's one aspect that I, I always struggle with. Um, like you called that show a conversation with a white guy because most of your audience is black. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I, like it was one of those, our, our opening conversations. I just, I was struck by first off the graciousness of your willingness to let me, uh, to have me as a guest and to sit down and, and have an honest conversation and to hold a space like that. So thank you so much. It And, and, and the same, and the same to you. I, I, I appreciate you opening up your space um, to me. I, I've been listening to the um, podcast and your readings and your interpretations and, and reactions from your readings. And again, I find myself in a very gracious um, point, a gr- very gracious state and saying, thank you for allowing me into your space again. Yeah. Thank you, man. It, yeah. I, I, I guess the thing that I'd, I'd want to put out in front of people is that like, this is, I think that's where we have to start. Um, I'm, I'm really nervous anytime I cross any of these identity politic kind of lines, right? Cause it, cause I know that I'm very conscious that I'm a white man and I bring that, that like privilege into every space and everything that I do carries, you know, hundreds or thousands of years of oppression. And so it, anytime I'm in those spaces, the more that, that I can build a relationship the more I can learn from that relationship. So just to like acknowledge to, to the audience who I, I know that there are white guys that listen to this show who are, are wrestling with this stuff. The wrestling is a sign that you're doing it right. If you're not wrestling, you're not fucking doing it. So I guess there's the like first thing. And maybe that's even an entry point into the, into the, um, God, I didn't, without even realizing it. Um, there's an entry point into the book that TL and I read together, how to be an anti-racist by Ibram X. Kendi. Um, like right away, that's on page 10. The good news is that racist and anti-racist are not fixed identities. And I think especially for great white males, for white men, this, uh, that's very much true. Like we are kind of fuckered on this one. Um, we have to struggle or it's not going to work. That's so that's, that's so weird for me. Um, every time I hear you say that, Royce, you know I'm, I'm a big advocate of saying um, be who you are, be your whole self. And in, the, in being your whole self, whether that's um, loud and wrong or, <laughs> or, or, quiet, or, quiet and, or quiet and correct, either way that goes, um, it gives us the opportunity to, to, to learn. I feel like when you say you struggle, it, it almost feel, it almost makes me feel like you sit on the fence from time to time, waiting to pick your spot. And instead of fitting, yep. sitting on the fence, let's just pick a spot and then learn from it. You're exactly right. It is one of my biggest struggles to just dive in. Like there's a, I mean, if we want to talk about vulnerability, there's one of the ways that I struggle with vulnerability. It is very difficult for me to just dive right in, especially because I know that when you say be your whole self, 
part of me is still a racist asshole. Um, and I, and I have to like, I have to know that. And I guess for me, it's, I come to it from a slightly different angle of I'm, I'm working at being more and more of my truest self or my, it's not necessarily my best self. Like I don't mind the parts of me that are, you know, not great, but I don't want to be the parts of me that are a toxic shit. Cause part of me, you know, parts of me are sexist. Parts of me are racist. Parts of me are homophobic, even though I'm, well, I'm wrestling now with the difference between bisexual or, or pansexual and wondering which one I really am, you know, but, but like, uh, oh, ableist, you know, talk about ableist and body shaming. I've body shamed myself my whole <laughs> life. So like whole self, no, nah, man, I don't want to exercise those parts. I don't want those muscles growing. He said, not yet. I don't, he said, I want to always do that. Uh, you, you know what though? It, 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 since we're at the beginning and we read this uh, amazing book by uh, how to be an anti-racist by Ibram X. Kendi, one of the things that I noticed that he did um, is at the, at the beginning when he started his introduction, he, he said, my racist introduction. Uh, yes. and, and that's a, that's such a great point to, to start at. And one of the things that he said is racist ideas make people of color think less of themselves, which makes them more vulnerable to racist ideas and racist ideas make white people yes. think more of themselves which further attracts them to racist ideas which is where which is kind of where we are and i feel like we need our own racist introductions because we figured out that hey we bob and weave into the these these racist ideas or the idea of racism from from time to time based off of um ignorance when i say ignorance i I mean uh, just not knowing we don't know better yet yeah Uh, by the way that quote is from page six and literally, again, I have probably 100 pages dog-eared and had to switch to, like, putting pieces of paper in the thing to save quotes, and I still have too damn many for this podcast. So if you're wondering— How did he, You're pulling out the pages. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, hey, is he going to catch that this is from the book? You have it, you have it earmarked. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, I have every, that part that you just quoted was underlined. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, well, clearly we read this book together, right? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, just to like put out there, this was a fucking amazing book. Um, a, like from the standpoint of well-written, yes, it's well-written. Duh. Like we're talking about a, a, a guy who's this was what his fourth book, third or fourth book. Um, he's a regularly a columnist for the Atlantic. Like he knows his shit and he's really good at helping people understand. Yeah. So, but on top of well-written, it also like, this was another book that I just, the last probably 50 pages, I was in tears every other page, just like pouring this stuff out of the soul. Um, so yeah. Let's get that out. I almost felt like at the end he he was pouring he was pouring out his soul onto the pages yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's like the writing style even changed from beginning to the end. It's like he spoon fed us and then said, "Okay, here's here's the like the the last what three or four chapters." I think he said, "Here's here's the meat of where I'm going. I can't spoon feed you anymore. I just have to give it to you." It was okay. So writing style. First off, he, yeah, I love the fact that. One of the things I love about reading black feminism is that one of the ways that they say no to the white academic, white male academic uh, standard for writing academic books is that they say, you know, objectivity is not a thing. There's no fucking thing, uh, no such thing as a, as an objective perspective. All you can do is own your perspective and do your best to account for it. 
and, you know, let people figure it out and wrestle with you and hold you accountable for it, you know? Right. I think even, even in the book, he said it, just tell, tell the truth, forget objectivity. Just yes. Tell the truth. Yeah. Even if it's just your truth, that's okay. That's still an important truth. Yeah. So he nails that, that writing style from, from the beginning, but then he also does this amazing job of organizing the book to be both like his topics are so dead on and giving clear definitions. Like, it's like he wrote something that white people can actually fucking read. Um, right. Yeah, he absolutely did. And he, and he pulls black people into a, a, a space to question some of the things that we've done that we consider a joking matter or, or how we buy into the same racist identities or ideologies. So he does that so well, all of those things, but then he also has the rhythm of what I, what I associate with black preaching. Um, and it's, it's this, like when he gets a point, he's going to fucking drive that point home. And he does it with this amazing rhythmic style of writing. And it's something I just hadn't seen before. I'm like, Oh my God, that, that is so powerful. But then you're exactly right. Like the end is just this like, heart open yeah not, i'm not spoon, i'm not spoon feeding you guys anymore i'm just gonna nope. give you give you everything that i have to pour out on these last few chapters and i'm pouring them out and here you go like this yeah i'm still attaching stories to it yep. that that deal with my experience to help um help you understand that i'm relatable yeah um however this is this is my viewpoint this is what i'm seeing and only if we can do this the way i'm seeing it then I think the world would be better off. I don't want to just give away the whole book in the first 10 minutes of our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> There's the biggest challenge with doing a podcast on this book is it's just too damn much. Awesome. But the, okay. So there, uh, you mentioned that, that bit was one of the things I was so impressed with was his weaving of his personal stories and, and they weren't like making him out to be the perfect guy on this stuff. It was just very real heartfelt. You know, I did this shit or I thought this shit, um, and in, in, and embedded in it, then his back dance back and forth for, I mean, for me as a writer who's trying to learn to write, it gives me hope for the way I want to write because he dances then into just these heavy sighted, just amazing, like his, his, uh, citations at the end of the book. I think it's 40 pages of citations of studies and stuff. It is. So it's, it's not like he and did this without so the grounding. Much. Go, go what? Yeah, he he references so much. I agree with you. He, he yeah, it's not like he just he just threw out a few stories and then placed some some partially thought out partially thought out um, theories. It, it's like he did a lot of research. And yeah. again, I, I think when, when we were talking earlier, is is it, it's one of the things that I I notice is I told you I hated history yeah. when I was uh, much younger, and I've come to as i as i matured and grew older i've come to have a, a level of respect for history because we're we're i'm thinking i'm encountering brand new things but as i started reading and understanding in history they encountered the same exact things that we are encountering now yeah. like he even references things from over 100 years ago and i'm yeah. like this is over 100 years ago how can you reference something from a hundred years ago and say this still holds true today in this new modern time? But hey, they probably said in this new modern time back in eighteen twenty six. It's true. 
Right. So we, we're we're doing the same things. We're we're doing the same thing our ancestors doing. And when I say our ancestors, I mean the the American people. Yeah. And just the human race itself. We're doing the same thing, guys. We we have to move forward in a in a truly new and modern way of thought when it comes to attacking. And I do say I, I do choose that word specifically, attacking um, the um, the racism racism. Yeah. And I, I mean, part of what I love about what he comes up with is that it, it, I, so I have these, <laughs> these posts, these huge post-it notes that I hang on my wall that are how I'm organizing, uh, part of well, it's the book right now, but it's what's leading into my PhD project, um, that hopefully I'll, I mean, I'm not in a program yet, but I'm hoping to, um, but it like, and yet call yourself not an expert when you come on my show. <laughs> See, this is like, this, like I said, I'm, I am, I have couch conversation and with a couple of professionals and experts and the guy who says he's not an expert is studying for a PhD. <laughs> I haven't started you can, yet. You can continue. <laughs> Damn it, TL. Go ahead and continue about post-it notes that you hang, that I don't hang on my walls and my windows and my mirrors. I figure other people are smart enough to remember this shit. I have to keep it in front of myself. <laughs> Hey man, look, that's what I do. I, I if, if you could see my book, it's highlighted, dog-eared, same way. And I and, and my wife also said she was going to read this book with us while we were reading. Of course, she didn't do that. And I said, I hope you're able to um, get to this book with highlights <laughs> and dog-ears in it. And she's like, that's fine. She's like, I'll probably do some of the same thing. So it was really funny to hear that um, when I started quoting from the book, he was like, oh, I have that. That's from page six, guys. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we really did hit the same pieces. That should that should show some of our similarities right away as we talk about being anti-racist. Well, and and to just note that like I very much like I I'm very rude. Uh, I don't I don't know how to say this. So I'm going to say it. I'm very much a white guy. Like so even though I'm I'm practicing being an anti-racist, even though I'm pra- practicing being anti-homophobic and anti-sexist and all these these bits that I'm, I'm challenging about myself and, and about our, our culture, like the fact that we both keyed in on that from very different perspectives, from very different heritages and backgrounds is, is, is significant. I think I'm going to send you a picture of ad- the book, by the way. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much an advocate of, 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 of transparency. And just as you said, you're very much a white guy. I'm very much a black guy. And as I practice being an anti-racist, this book has um, opened my eyes to how I bob and weave out of mm. um, racism and viewpoints of racism. So I'm doing the same things you're doing, Royce. And this is something I appreciate. He's like, T, come read, TL, come read a book with me. And I was like, yeah, let's read this book. I've been meaning to read this book. And I was fairly surprised about some of the things and how I place, I mean, like some of his stories hit home. I mean, like really, really hit home. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of do that. <laughs> I, I've done that before. Or I have groups of friends that do that. And, and we talk about, especially when he started talking about the HBCU and, and shared his personal stories with his, um, with his um, FAMU alumni as they both attended Temple. Uh, my wife attended an HBCU and, and me, a PWI, predominantly white institution in a historically black college and university for those who don't know what HBCU or PWI stands for when I say them. But um, our conversations are very much like some of the stories that he, that he shared. 
So I can't wait for us to kind of dive into some of these things as we go from chapter to chapter or quote to quote or just have the conversation about the book as we're opening up and giving you our racist introduction, as, as, as Ibram would call it. Our racist introduction. I think that is so important because whether we realize it or not, when we meet somebody, our brain has already done a racist introduction of them. We've already scanned them. We've already tried to guess. That part of our brain that's always on that kind of stuff is, is making assumptions. And then there's when we engage... Ugh, well, I mean, the quickest story that I'd tell there is meeting Torian, my co-host and co-creator for the Monday Where's Your Heart time uh, that I do, it I had to ask him to spell his name because it just didn't sink into my white fucking ears. I wonder what would happen if we got used to hearing multicultural names more regularly, if we got used to hearing all these different names. What would change about the way we introduced ourselves? What would change about the way we listened to other people's names. I don't know what's there, but I know that there's something inherently racist about our assumptions, about my assumptions, when I'm meeting somebody and their name doesn't fit Tom, Dick, and Harry. So I guess that's today. I'm looking forward to our next episode. Stay tuned. I'll talk to you on Monday.